Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the early morning show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. My apologies as my voice is starting to go on me. Hit me up on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. That's my name. Just take the underscore away. And on the phone at 412-928-9370. You dial me up. You know the drill. I'll put you right on the air. It's Super Bowl week. Ron Hextall spoke yesterday. Antonio Brown still a loon. Jim Beheim, likewise. Hopefully we get to all of it, and if we don't, well, I don't so much care. 540 comes around, and then I'm done. But we start with I was attacked by kids this weekend. I went and played basketball at a local elementary school in Mount Lebanon, the hard streets of Lebo, and I was harassed. A group of street youths between the ages of 12 and 14 just hitting some free throws, a little windy. You know, you lick the finger, you put it up in the air, you try to judge, gauge the wind, drill a couple of free throws, just having a good time by myself. Needed to clear my head. Wanted to get outside in the warmth, absorb some vitamin D, which is a rarity around these parts really at any time of year, but certainly in the winter, eh, get outside, play some basketball. And I was all alone until about 10 minutes into my shoot around street youths came upon me. Like I said, between the ages of 12 and 14, nothing more dangerous than a teenage or preteen boy. And they just started giving it to me. They had nothing to lose. One of them could have taken me all eight to 10 of them. They could have beat me down, stole my wallet, run off with my new car. Could have been a thing. But I'm shooting free throws, and one kid starts quipping from the other side of the court. Oh, look at my man LeBron James down there. Look at skinny LeBron James. And it didn't stop. It was incessant. I did not acknowledge them the entire time. Just kept playing. And then I left because, well, it's not what I needed. And I didn't want to beat up a child. Not that I could have. But I also didn't want to get in the back and forth with a bunch of teenagers or preteens who aren't even old enough to drive. And then all of a sudden I'm on the news. Bad guy gets beat up like in Step Brothers by a horde of children. And they make me lick the white dog turd. Did not want that to happen. What's the play there at 412 Just ignore him and walk away because that's what I eventually did. But it was ruined. My Sunday afternoon had grand plans. Was going to win Game 7 of the NBA Finals by myself. And I couldn't because I couldn't handle the heat. Very frustrating. Maybe I'll get back out there today. While they're in school, they can't get me then. 
412-928-9370, the number. That's my life. Boring as all hell. The only thing I really did this weekend. Apart from attend a play that my sister was in. Maybe we'll get to that later on in the program. But again, limited time. It's Super Bowl week. Chiefs. Eagles. Do Steelers fans hate the Eagles? Can Steelers fans root for Philadelphia? I was asked this question on the PM team on Friday. Chris Muller said, yeah, sure, why not? They're not the Flyers. They don't play in the same conference. Why would you not root for the Eagles if you're so inclined? Yeah, I can't do it. Now, I will bet on Philadelphia. I think they're going to win the football game. I think they're a significantly better team from top to bottom. And that might sound crazy with the team quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts really good. He ain't Patrick Mahomes. But the rest of the Eagles roster top to bottom, to me, significantly better than Kansas City's. Now, maybe they've got the coaching edge and certainly the quarterback edge on the Kansas City side. But I think Philadelphia top to bottom, the better football team, I'll bet on them. Haven't placed it yet. But can you, Steelers fans, at 412-928-9370, root for the Eagles? I can't because I know when the Super Bowl's over and after they bask in the glory of their championship, if they should win it, a lot of these same folk that are donning that emerald green that'll be sliding up and down those lubed poles in Philadelphia after their championship parade are then in a month or so when St. Patrick's Day rolls around Going to be walking around wearing Philadelphia Flyers gear because hockey season will be ramped up. Now, the Flyers aren't very good, but these are the same people that wear Flyers gear, that root for the Flyers. I've been to Philadelphia on multiple occasions. The Eagles fans didn't give me all that much crap when I was there when Kenny Pickett took his beating this season. But I've been there for a Flyers-Penguins game wearing a Sidney Crosby jersey, my bad, and I had a cold beer dumped on me. These are not good people. These are the enemy. Just because they're from our state, the NFC equivalent of the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you will, doesn't mean that I can wrap my head around pulling for anything Philadelphia. I just can't. I've been treated terribly there. I can't just forget that. I hate the Flyers. I do not hate the Eagles, but I do not like the people who support the Flyers. Therefore, I cannot pull for the Eagles. Now, my money will have me going in a different direction. But I think that's different. I think you throw all that out. It does beg a bigger question. Let's say a rival plays in the championship game in March Madness. Let's say you're Pitt fans, and you probably are listening to the flagship station, and West Virginia goes to the final. Could you even bet on West Virginia? Because I know, as a West Virginia guy, If Pitt were in the championship of the NCAA tournament, I wouldn't even be able to bet on them because I wouldn't want to root for them. The hatred for Philadelphia, to me, does not run that deep. Now, if it were the Flyers, I would not bet on them in the Stanley Cup final either because I would not want to bend over backwards to root for something that I so terribly hate. And I would like to put all this in context. It's sports hate. I'm not a hateful person. I have plenty of room in my heart for hate as it relates to sports. No question about that. The other thing is, I look at where the Eagles are now, and I see where they were just last year, and I think the Steelers need to take a sizable jump next season, and that should be what we're expecting. 
as I take a sip of coffee, I feel like the majority of Steelers fans, and I think I have a pretty good pulse of this, just being active on Twitter and talking to all y'all through the phone lines, they think, okay, next season the Steelers can be a playoff team. They can take a step forward in the win-loss column. They're probably not going to win the division, and we'll see then if they can win a playoff game. It doesn't need to be baby steps. This organization now has conditioned us to where baby steps seem to be okay. That, okay, you had Ben Roethlisberger, you go 9-7-1, and and you get his farewell, and you get destroyed in the playoff game. You come back the next year, you win nine games again, but this time with a rookie quarterback. So some would look at that as a step forward, and hell, they were better defensively, top 10 in the league. They actually stopped the run this year, whereas last season they were 32nd in football. They actually ran the ball well in the second half this season, whereas last year it was more of a volume play. So there were steps taken forward, I think, by the Steelers in 2022. But baby steps. And by bringing Matt Canada back and having no discernible changes to the coaching staff apart from potentially losing Brian Flores, the onus has been put on this organization by the owner to take steps forward next year but mostly steps from within. Kenny Pickett takes a jump forward. George Pickens takes a step forward. Najee Harris continues his second half and is a more consistent player. Deontay Johnson becomes what he's been in the past. All of these things, Pat Fryermuth taking a step, the offensive line continuing to grow, seem to me what the organization's goal is going into next year. And yes, they're going to add through the draft, and they will add some pieces, albeit I don't think big ones through free agency. It's all about taking that next step. And as Art Rooney II has told us on just about every platform now, you want to make the playoffs, and then you see what happens. The Philadelphia Eagles last season were 9-8. and This year, they're 14-3. and They have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. They had an easy path, relatively, through the playoffs as they played a Giants team that really was not any good. And then they played the 49ers, And Brock Purdy was injured for that game, so it became no contest. But even still, the Philadelphia Eagles took a six-win jump. I'm not saying that I expect that, nor should that necessarily be the expectation for the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, is it too much to ask that they improve enough to be able to contend for a division championship next year? It just seems so many fans have it as a foregone conclusion that this team is going to be contending for the wild card next year. They beat Cincinnati once. They played them tight-ish in the second game, albeit a late touchdown made it look closer than what it actually was. The Steelers played a really doggone good first half of football against Cincinnati the second time around. I think they've closed the gap on Cincy as far as playing them is concerned. Why can't the Steelers contend for a division championship next year? I still don't think that Bengals offensive line is great. There are reports out there that T. Higgins is asking for a trade. Joe Mixon, again, in trouble with the law. Why do we just say the Steelers are going to take a baby step? Why can't they take a large step forward? And why can't they take a swing this offseason like the Eagles did last year by trading for A.J. Brown? Why can't the Steelers take a swing? They can, actually. They're just not going to. And that should irritate you as Steelers fans. 412-928-9370. What's up? You're on the early morning show. Oh, sir, Tim from the Tank Brigade. I knew it. Good weekend, Tim. Uh, I mean, it's another week that we can change our lives for the better. My so, man. 
you shouldn't compare the Eagles to the Steelers. They got one of the best general managers in professional sports. Well, isn't the jury still out now on the Steelers in their front office? You bring in Andy Weidel, who apparently is only going to have say over the draft board, but we saw a trade swung already by the Steelers' front office that I don't think would have happened before. I'm not going to say that they are on par with what they got going on in Philadelphia. I'm not with Howie Roseman. But I don't know what the Steelers have just yet. Well, I think the tank brigade knows. Anyway, I'm, I'm listening to you talking about basketball. I am 6'3 and have 34-inch arms, so I would gladly help be your board man up front. But you can't be letting kids trash talk and heckle you. Streetball is the perfect sport for heckling. And, I mean, that's the perfect sport for psychological torture and stuff. And if I recall, you're under six foot, which means that your game probably ain't so hot. No offense. It's not hot but at now all. You're getting, yeah, but now you're getting crapped on by kids, too. I mean, if you're not going to – you know, I, I, I never played uh, high school basketball because I didn't hit my growth spurt until senior year. But they always said if you can't play the sport, then you better make sh- you better talk into someone's head so that they can't play it either. See, my problem is, thank you for the call, Tim. If I had talked junk and then played my game, more junk would have been thrown in my direction. The last thing I need is to get junk talked on me by all these street youths and then to go out there, get dominated in basketball, and have my confidence ruined, not just for the day, but potentially for the rest of my life. I appreciate the advice. Yeah, I am 5'9", 150 pounds, with very little muscle on my body. A decent jump shot. I look good when no one's around me. But you get a hand in my face, it's over. And I would say that about four or five of those kids were actually bigger than me. So, I feel great walking away from that one. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Tim does raise a good point about Howie Roseman being a really good general manager, no doubt. But Andy Weidel did set the draft board in Philadelphia like he will in Pittsburgh. And the reports from the Senior Bowl are that Steelers were looking heavily at offensive linemen. So building in the trenches is the way to go. And that's the Philadelphia MO. Now, it's not the only thing that they've done, obviously, because they have pro bowlers or pro bowl adjacent players at 18 out of their 22 starting positions. That's pretty doggone good. But again, Andy Weidel had a lot to do with that by setting up the draft board. I just find it fascinating that the Eagles could lose Javon Hargrave this offseason. They probably will, in fact. And they've been mocked by Mel Kuyper Jr. to go after Kalijah Kansi at pick number 10. Because that's their M.O. Okay. Defensive lineman leaves. It's still a position of strength for them. As they drafted one of those Georgia guys in the first round last year, they're going to do it again. That's what I'd like to see the Steelers do. Up front on offense. Get some hogs in there. Build that way. But the Steelers can take a big step next year. It can happen. There are teams that surprise every year. Going into the season, I don't think a lot of people were saying, oh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. And then they became the odds-on favorite very quickly. The Steelers should be able to take a huge jump next year, too. Maybe not this jump. In fact, I would say no. But why does it have to be, oh, they could win 10 games and get into the playoffs and then, oh, see what happens? It's the difference in the organizational structures. Quickly, what's up? You're on the early morning show. What's going on, guys? This is Ted. Hey. hey real, quick about the, real quick about the Steelers. I, I think we need to take a realistic uh, look at these guys. These, this is not a championship team. I mean, I, I know what you're saying, but look, they got a long way to go. You know, and they got too many holes. I mean, the linebacker, especially inside, is terrible. 
you know, cornerback. You got that. You know, their line, uh, defensive line and also offensive line. I, I think we're asking a little bit too much for these guys to be a championship team now. I'm not They're saying, not there. and I apologize because I just knocked my headphones out, so I missed about half your call there, and I do have to run, but I'm not saying the Steelers next year should be contending for a championship. I'm saying it's far too accepted of a notion that they're simply going to maybe win one more game and be contending for a wild card again. I don't think it's that far away from the realm of possibility that this team could be contending for a division championship if they do the right things this offseason. And maybe that includes taking a big swing, but that's where I'm concerned. I just don't know that this front office will do that. 412-928-9370, your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Another Pittsburgh organization contemplating what they need to do, what it needs to do to become a championship contender again. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan. Coming up in a few minutes, one college basketball coach who should retire is making waves yet again. We'll get to that. But how about one general manager in town, not the one we were talking about in the last segment, says, eh, I don't know about going for it. I don't know about trading a first-round pick. Of course, I'm talking about Ron Hextall, the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who spoke yesterday. Boy, is he boring. He is the antithesis of Jim Rutherford, and that doesn't mean everything Jim Rutherford did was good. It doesn't mean that Jim Rutherford should have held his tongue more, but Jim Rutherford certainly was more entertaining from my side of things, doing my job. He would tell us what he'd do, and then he'd freaking do it. I loved that about Jim Rutherford, and the Penguins don't win a championship if not for Jim Rutherford and the acquisitions he made in 2016 and a little bit before 2016. But Ron Hextall, will you trade your first-round pick in a salary dump? Will you trade your first-round pick at all? I would say that's not on the table. Um, I haven't been asked for that, certainly, Uh conversations I think are starting to pick up with with a lot of guys but there's not like a lot of guys that are people are kind of looking to see what's out there kind of grabbing the group okay we'd be interested in this or this on both sides whether you're a buyer or a seller but not a lot of teams obviously we saw the big the big one the other day with the Islanders but there's not a lot of teams right now that are are looking to jump and kind of getting down to the fine strokes here um, but certainly the talk is picking up but in terms of first round picks for Getting salary out, I don't see that as being an option for us. Now, maybe he's just creating leverage. You know what? We're really not going to do that, and you got to blow us away then if you want our first-round pick. But the way I see it, let's just take him at face value because it is what he said. You bring back Malkin, who's been really good this year. You bring back Chris Letang, who's had a difficult season, but you see what he can bring to the table whenever he's healthy and Boy, he's dealt with a lot, but I still believe Chris Letang to be a very good hockey player. You bring back Brian Rust, and then you bring back Ricard Raquel. The Penguins' top six is really good because of what I just described. The bottom six is garbage. And Ron Hextel talked about the chemistry problems the bottom six has. The way I see it is you don't bring back those four guys that I described, unless you're really going for it, unless you really believe what you've said, which is the last couple of seasons, goaltending injuries have really held you back. 
you've got to trade that first round pick. What good does it do? You're not going to be picking in the top 10. So it's not going to be a lottery pick. It's going to either be a playoff pick or near a playoff pick where the Penguins are in the standings right now. That player, in all likelihood, isn't going to help the big club for two or three years. What does that do for Sidney Crosby? And it's not like that player acquired in the draft at that stage is going to be a franchise cornerstone, some kind of superstar. That means that when Sidney Crosby is teetering off old ass into the sunset, that this guy's going to, this hypothetical player is going to be the next grabber of the torch, the baton being passed to him as some superstar of this franchise. It's not going to happen. I know Ron Hextall, one of the big things he talked about whenever he came in here was the goal is to win now, but also not mortgage the future. The future is bleak. Now might be bleak too, but can you utilize that first round pick to add some punch to your bottom six and help spread the wealth? If this team can get some help in the bottom six, I do think that they can be something. I do think that they could make a run. And if you're going to hold on to your first round pick for what? It's probably not going to happen. And it's not like they've got a whole bunch of prospects that teams are clamoring for and they're up against the cap. This would be a way where you could maybe move someone out. A contract that you don't love, you tie a first round pick to it in order to have some more wiggle room. It needs to happen. And I hope that Ron Hextall was just saying that to help create a market. But I fear he's not. And if the Penguins don't do anything before the trade deadline, then they're either not going to make the playoffs or they're going to fall in the first round for the sixth straight year. 412-928-9370. Up next, Jim Beheim calling a couple head coaches in the ACC cheaters, basically. But I don't think it means what he thinks it means. We'll get to that next. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Silverado's Colorados are back in stock with a great selection. Stop in and online at sunchevy.com. Partly sunny highs in the upper 30s. Heat wave, though, this week in February, so you will take that. Jim Beheim with Pete Thamel. He said, this is an awful place we're in in college basketball. Pittsburgh bought a team. Okay, fine. My big donor talks about it, but he doesn't give anyone any money. Nothing. Not one guy. Our guys make like 20K. Wake Forest bought a team. Miami bought a team. It's like, really? This is where we are? That's really where we are? And it's only going to get worse? Yeah, that is where we are. He's implying cheating, but the way I see it is, let's say Pitt did buy their team. And there's a bunch of transfers, and Pitt's now on the precipice of the NCAA tournament, and they've got a shot. If you look at their schedule and where they are in the standings, they could win the ACC regular season crown, Pitt could. And Jim Beheim's annoyed. Now, I think when a guy is a cheater, and he is because he had to vacate over 100 wins this weasel, the cheaters who now see that everybody can spend money on players, they tell on themselves. College basketball ain't the way it used to be. 
Yeah, because the way it used to be was Jim Beheim, Syracuse guys, all clad in orange, would go to an airport and drop off a couple hundred thousand bucks. Computer going off. And that's how they get players to come. Now anybody can do it. And it's legal. So he's telling on himself. But if I'm Jeff Capel, I say, listen, I haven't paid anybody. But within the rules, NIL allows money to be passed to players over the table. And it's a big part of why people would want to come to the University of Pittsburgh. I would lean into it if I'm Jeff Capel. The Wake Forest coach is like, no, no, we ain't paying anybody. Nobody's benefiting off NIL. Why would you put that out there? Even if that's the case, why would you say that? I would want prospective players and recruits to think, oh, if I go there, I'm getting cash. So I would thank Jim Beheim if I'm Jeff Cable. Regardless of whether or not it's happening, I want people to think my players are getting paid. That's how you win in 2023. Jim Beheim, boob. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.